Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equip to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equip to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Equipped to Be. I'm your host, Connie Albers. Thanks for joining us. You tune in every week. We're so glad for your listenership and how you tune in and listen every week to Equipped to Be, where we are equipping you as you raise your children to the glory of the Lord. You know, teaching and training children is no small task, as you know through the podcast here at Equipped to Be. I'm often asked, Connie, what resources can I trust? What curriculum is available? What resources can I use that have a Christian worldview, a biblical worldview? That's why I'm delighted to say that BJU Press Homeschool has partnered with Equipped to Be. Why do I like them? I've known the folks over at BJU Press for a long time. And actually, we even used in our homeschool journey many of the products. What I like about it is the worldview of your textbooks can actually dramatically impact the outcome of your homeschool journey and the way your children see, feel, and process the world around them. It could change their view of the world they're living in. They're taught from a biblical worldview, so you can trust them. The lessons that they have in the curriculum encourage critical thinking, and we know it's important to be able to rightly divide truth, to be able to see something that is true and right and good and evil. We have to have that discernment. They also have activities and lessons to support multisensory learning. They're structured on the best educational practices. Now, this is important. It's why we are delighted that BJU Press Homeschool has come alongside ETB so that we can help you in raising your children for the kingdom that makes an impact. It can even change the world. So check it out. You can go to BJUPressHomeschool.com for more information. I'm so excited. You will love my guest today, Michael Ferris. Now, many of you know him because he is co-founder of the HSLDA, which is the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, as well as he is the founder of Patrick Henry College, Constitution of the States, parentalrights.org, and he's got a new project he's working on. Now, if you've known Mike for a long time, he starts a lot of amazing organizations that help protect our country, help protect families and promote the gospel of Christ. And so it is my honor to have Michael in the studio today. Thank you so much for coming and visiting us here and talking to our listeners at Equipped to Be. Connie, it is a delight to see you again and to be with you. It's uh, always amazing. We've known each other for a very long time, 30 years or so since we were both in high school. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> exactly, right. You know, it's funny because we go back a lot of years into the homeschool movement when I was actively homeschooling and serving on a board, and you were very involved with HSLDA, and we were involved with leaders' conferences and stuff that y'all would host. You made an impact on my life so much so that you wrote a foreword to Parenting Beyond the Rules, and we have gotten fabulous feedback from that book, and it continues to impact families. As a matter of fact, that book's 
Bird an interview with Focus on the Family, the folks over there, and we did a segment called Parenting the Heart of Your Teen, which was their number one download in 2020. So it's amazing to see what God has done and how he continues just to keep our paths crossing, even though whether it was from Lyme's disease when your family was battling that and I had just recovered from it or in the homeschool world. Listen, I would love, because my listeners aren't as familiar with you because of part of the work that you're doing with the Alliance Defending Freedom, which you used to be the president or CEO? Both. So I'm going to let, yes. So I'm not going to do all that you've done justice. Tell us a little bit more about you. Well, uh, Connie, I've been a lawyer since uh, 1976. And since 1980, I have been in full-time Christian legal ministry of a variety of things. The first national thing I did was with Concerned Women for America with Bevel Hay. And uh, I was uh, her general counsel. And while I was there doing a, a television show with him, I, I met Raymond Moore, who talked to me uh, about homeschooling my own kids. And as a result of that, I ended up starting Homeschool Legal Defense Association. HSLD is now 40 years old. I was the president for a very long time, but uh, um, I am still the chairman of the board uh, for 40 years uh, of HSLDA. And the uh, uh, I started Patrick Henry College in 2000. And in 2017, I became the president of the largest Christian legal organization in the world called Alliance Defending Freedom. We have a staff of 400. It doubled while I was there. It was 200 when I joined it. It's now 400. We have offices uh, in India, five offices in Europe. We have a ministry to Latin America and uh, then a, a very big operation in the United States. We've argued uh, the Masterpiece Cake Shop case in the Supreme Court. We were co-counsel with the Attorney General of Mississippi in the Dobbs case. And so I played a, a leadership role uh, in the Dobbs case. Um, I wasn't actively in the courtroom, but uh, uh, I was managing the team that was writing, helping to write the briefs and so on. And then just very recently, I retired as the CEO of ADF, and I picked up a part-time relationship with uh, National Religious Broadcasters and uh, am their general counsel now, uh, as well as still working a little with ADF and with the Convention of States Project. I'm tired. I mean, I don't know how you have the energy to do all of that. Well, I mean, you people... do it in one week. You know, that, I, yeah. <laughs> that's 43 years of work collapsed into, you know, three paragraphs, so... You know, it's interesting. One thing you said that I want our our listeners to say, uh, people often describe me as a striver driver, always moving, getting things done. One thing I noticed about you, and this is like a side note of your leadership, you are masterful at God's given you an idea, you can vision it, and then you bring people together uh, and you delegate. You're very good at delegating, or at least from the outside, it looks like that. Would that be a true statement? I think that that's fair. Yeah, I, I uh, when I was at HSLDA in particular, I called it the multiple star syndrome that I wanted people to not just look to me, but to look to particularly Chris Klicka and Mike Smith, but others as well over the years. And uh, Jim Mason now, of course, is the current president. And, uh, you know, in due course, he was one of the, the people that we looked to for, for leadership. And, you know, the, the proof of it is I went back to my uh, the church that ordained me uh, in Olympia, Washington, after having moved to D.C. for several years. And the pastor was introducing me to a new family there that were homeschoolers. And he said, well, he's with Homeschool Legal Defense Association. And they said, well, that's great. Do you work for Chris Klicka? And I just I thought that was wonderful. <laughs> uh, the fact that, you know, Chris, of course, was I was his boss. But, but uh, you know, it, it, that told me it worked, that, that, that uh, the goal that I had of 
letting other people shine because an organization that's built solely on one person has a short shelf life. And I want HSLDA to be here for a long time. You know, it's 40 years old now, and I have not been the president since 2000. Right. I, I've still been around and still been involved in a big way, but I've not been the president for 23 years now, and it's still going great. That's remarkable. Same with Patrick Henry. I mean, you got that, and they have won numerous, numerous awards. So you're really raising up the next generation. I mean, the kids that come to Patrick Henry College, they aren't all homeschool grads, but I would assume there's probably a good percentage of them, right? Uh, about 85% attended some portion of their education in homeschooling. Okay. And so, but if you ask it another way, how many ever went to public school? About half ever went to public school. So it's, you know, it's a good mix of kids and they're doing great things. I don't know if people pay attention to Supreme Court kind of cases. There was a big EPA case that was decided about six months ago, argued by the Solicitor General of West Virginia, Lindsay C. Lindsay is a Patrick Henry College graduate and I coached her in court for four years and she was one of my superstars. Her partner, uh, Peter Kamaka Viva Ole, uh, is uh, the lead trial lawyer now for HSLDA and he's also the, the coach on a part-time basis of the Patrick Henry Court team. So he was my first national champion and he now coached his first national championship this year. So I take delight in that. I, I feel like those champions are my grandchildren. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, there is something to say about that. Yeah. I mean, how many leaders do you see? And you have met a lot of influencers, of true people that are in positions of power, that have prestige. You've met with legislators, presidents. I mean, probably the most influential. And you've probably seen a lot of different leadership styles. The one that wants the light all shining on them. And the ones that take the light like you do, and you diffuse it to others. And I think that's more of a, a true leader that doesn't have to stand in the bask of their own glory and tell everybody how great they are. Well, it's hard for me to respond to that and not be, be arrogant. So, so I know, you. right? Here we go. I just <laughs> set you up. I did do that intentionally, yeah. but it is an observation. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about what's going on. Even though you haven't been running HSLDA for years and you moved over to the Alliance Defending Freedom, you've had front row seat to watching the demise and the culture shift in our country and in America. Um, what do you see? What do we need to do? What do you see happening in our culture that we need to be aware of? Well, the theme of the cultural um, battle, if you will, is those who hate God versus those who love God. Take the transgender issue, which is, you know, dominates the news these days. That's really saying God did not create as male and female. It's an assault directly against God. God did not create marriage to be one man and one woman. God didn't, you know, and in fact, there are now people on the left that are denying that uh, the Bill of Rights was a good idea for uh, a professor named Lewis Michael Seidman, who's at Georgetown Law School, wrote a, an opinion piece in the Washington Post the week after a case was decided that I argued in the Supreme Court in 2018 on free speech for pro-life pregnancy centers. And he said, I used to have the traditional liberal view uh, of free speech being free speech is for everybody, but I've come to realize that progressive goals are not adequately advanced with that philosophy. So I no longer believe in that traditional view of freedom of speech. And so they're openly saying they don't like free speech. They don't like the First Amendment. And when uh, and you realize that the all the um, components of really a totalitarian mindset are in play because the difference between totalitarianism and other forms of authoritarian governments is a regular old dictator wants to control what you do. A totalitarian government wants to control what you think, what you believe, and what you say. 
And we have seen that in a very, very dangerous way, particularly in the COVID-19 responses. People weren't allowed to debate the various issues. You get blackballed, you lose your job, you get fired, you lose your place on social media. All kinds of bad things happen. And that is a totalitarian regime. And so we have effectively totalitarian technology because if they are censoring on the basis of viewpoint, that's the essence. They, they don't want you to believe and think and say the wrong things. I'm actually litigating a case now in California on behalf of national religious broadcasters. Uh, and we're joined with the Babylon Bee and others in that litigation. The other lawyers are representing those parties. And California is uh, seeking to force social media companies to stop the free communication of ideas. And they require you to, to monitor hate speech defined by them, extremism defined by them, radicalization defined by them, which means conservative stuff, they, particularly Christian conservative. And so that's the battle that we're in. And it's a battle to erase God's morality, God's creative order, and, and, and God, frankly, from our public consciousness. Based on what you're seeing, do you believe that the powers that be had any idea how easy it was going to be to control people after COVID? I, I, I don't know. Because, you know, as you said, I, I've been around a lot of people, both people on the right and people on the left, more conservatives than, than liberals, to be sure. But I've met lots and lots and lots of these people. And I think it's more of a conspiracy of philosophy as opposed to actively figuring stuff out. Okay. I don't think they're that smart, frankly. Well, that's interesting because you almost have to think you've got to be smart. Some of the stuff that has happened, yeah. they're not dummies. Yeah. Well, there, there are some people, certainly at some levels that are smart and have figured it out. But I don't think it's, you know, like I wouldn't list Bill Clinton, for example, in that list. <laughs> Hillary, maybe. That goes to what I was saying. They're smart, and then there is smart that uses the God-given brains they have or logic or being able to manipulate very cunningly and skillfully. Yeah. I'm actually in the middle of reading a book right now called The Psychological uh, Origins of Totalitarianism. And it's a psychiatrist. He's a professor at the University of Ghent in uh, Belgium. And is an award-winning person, not a Christian at all. But he um, uses the example of, of how easy it was to use the COVID situation to manipulate people into what amounts to totalitarian control of our lives. I mean, saying who could go to work, when you could, you know, whether you could go to church, what you could say about the issues. And, you know, of course, it turns out a lot of the so-called conspiracy theories about COVID were right. The truth is, you know, we now pretty well know the vaccine just simply doesn't work. You know, it doesn't prevent it, doesn't prevent you from getting it worse. It just didn't work. Made a lot of people a lot of money, a lot, a lot of money. But I'm more concerned about the curtailment of speech than I am the vaccine itself. I didn't take the vaccine, I don't like the vaccine. But the curtailment of speech is by far the most dangerous thing that we could face in this country. Because if truth is being crowded out by legal coercion, that's when we're really in trouble. All right. Can we go there for just a minute? Give my listeners some action steps. I mean, families are busy. They're just trying to put, you know, $12 a dozen eggs on the table. They're trying to fill up their gas tank. They're trying to survive life. They can't be in all these different places where all these systems of our normal lives have been disrupted. So expand a little bit. What can families do? And I know you're working on a new project. 
let's touch on that after you give us some ideas. What can we do? I mean, with freedom of speech, we're afraid we're going to get canceled. We're afraid we're going to lose our job. We don't want to run for office because of the brutal bloodbath that happens. When you put yourself out there like that, what can families do? Well, you may be surprised at my answer. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. This is the preface of, of how I learned about this problem. I picked a jury in San Diego in 1984 in a criminal case of a Christian Pentecostal mom and a dad who was had a marriage with my client, a woman, for a while, but he was primarily a homosexual. And so I asked every juror, do you know a homosexual? Do you know a born-again Christian? Every single juror knew a homosexual. One juror knew a born-again Christian. And I just thought, that's not right. That can't be right. And I just thought about it a little later. Is I realized homosexuals were more open and obvious about who they were, and born-again Christians were silent. And the reason that LGBT rights are advancing so rapidly is people know people, and they feel sympathetic toward them. And so the number one thing you can do to protect our freedom is just is tell people who you are. Be open about being a follower of Jesus. Be open about, about loving the Lord. Be open about homeschooling. Uh, in fact, we've been better about being open about homeschooling than being open about being a Christian. And one of the reasons that homeschooling is in such strong position today legally is that, is that people know people, and that uh, knowledge, state legislators know people, judges know people, all kinds of people, you know, congressmen know people, and that knowledge it personalizes an issue. It's not an abstraction. And so when we keep our faith hidden, we become an abstraction. So the worst thing we can possibly do for the long-range future of believers is to keep our mouths shut. Stand up, show up, speak up, let people know who you are, and let people know whose you are. And so the project that, uh, Connie, you're talking about is I'm about to launch a new civics program. It's going to be 25 video series. There's a textbook for uh, aimed at high schoolers. Uh, it'll be about 400 pages. Uh, it'll be done by this fall. Uh, the, it's so new. In fact, this is the very first public mention I'm making of it right here now. Thank you. Yeah. Right here on Equip to Be. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> we haven't settled on the URL for it yet, but stay in tune to, to Connie's website and things and make sure the word gets We'll have it all yeah. listed yeah. in the show notes okay. and push it out for you. I think that's so important because if anybody has the authority, it's not just a civics class. I mean, you've battled all of these fronts. You fought for families and you're a father. You're a father of bunch of kids. 10, 12. Ten kids. I mean, you have, 10 kids. <laughs> you have on the way. 30th? Yeah. Oh man, my family's slow. We've got two, um, but I love it. It's great. But so, I mean, part of what we have to think about and people ask me, why am I still doing what I'm doing? And I said, well, because it's not just our country that we're fighting for, it's our families. It's our children and our grandchildren and their futures. But there's more than that that drives you. And it, there always has been. And that is that everything you say and do points to the Lord and the gospel and Jesus and salvation. And all those other things that God's put in your path are driven by that singular focus. Free speech, why do we need free speech? Well, if you can't have free speech, you can't tell people about the Lord. You can't have impact in anything that you do. And we become like, you know, China or other countries that are similar to that. And we don't want that to happen. But would you say that is their driving force? It hasn't been, I think God has blessed you with 
the things that he has blessed you with, the organizations, just because you kept showing up and saying, well, I have these skills and I will say yes. And your sweet wife, Vicki, says, okay. And your kids have also said, okay, dad. But is that what drives you? Yes, indeed. And um, I was sitting in church when I was in law school and the Lord kind of tapped me over the shoulder with a two by four and uh, (laughs) said, to me in a Baptist kind of way. So everybody in this law school knows that you're a conservative and you know a lot about you know a lot about the Constitution. When are you going to tell anybody that you're a Christian? I was just really convicted. And so I committed myself that the next day I'd take care of it in law school. I didn't do anything that flamboyant. I just posted a yellow piece of paper and legal tab and wrote, anyone interested in starting a Bible study, contact Mike Ferris and put my phone number up. That was it. And the word spread through the law school, and a few weeks later, I got a call from a Christian lawyer who heard about this, and and he offered me a job, and one thing led to another. And everything I've been allowed to do in my life, everything I've been allowed to do in my career, I can point a straight line back to that yellow piece of paper. Wow. And so it was not being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ that gave me the opportunity to do some things that are pipe dreams for most lawyers. Uh, I've argued twice in the Supreme Court. I've been all around the world talking to leaders about religious freedom issues in China, in Russia, in Romania, Czechoslovakia, or the Czech Republic now, and lots of really interesting assignments in my life. It all came from that yellow piece of paper and just being faithful in little things. Yes, I love what you just said. So when I asked you a call to action, you said, stand up, show up, speak up. Did I get the order right? You got that right. All right. Michael, I know that you are super busy. We are at the NRB. That's one of the many hats that you wear. And so thank you for joining me on Equip to Be. Thank you for, again, publicly, I just want to say thank you for endorsing Parenting Beyond the Rules, Raising Teens with Confidence and Joy. Just that meant a lot. And God has used that book and God has used your ministry, your faithfulness in our family's lives and in millions of others' lives. So thank you for joining me on the podcast today. It's been my privilege to be your friend and to be with you today. God bless you. God bless. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.